Hey there, leader. Today, today in Security on Tap, we're going to talk about the solar winds hack and aftermath, how it happened, what we learned from it, what do we do next? Yeah. So, Randy, solar winds hack is one of my favorite things to talk about. Yeah. Um, but before we get started, I do want to call a shout out to. We were going to go to our normal place, Jonathan. So those of you who showed up after we put that on LinkedIn, yeah, it was Sorry. full. And so, it's a Thursday night, and it's Thursday night football, and that place was packed and noisy. Packed. So we were at the Mexican restaurant El Agavero. Across up, the street. Across the street. And we both have microphones. Yeah. So what's so, the uh, so we what's can, Spanish word for cheers? Uh, cheers. <laughs> Someone will tell us. Somebody will somebody get around and tell us. So, anyways, back to back to why we're here. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, 20, 2020. 2020. December 2020. This is why nobody remembers it. Because of COVID and because of the election. And the election yeah. and Christmas, right? We're all yeah. like holiday brain. Yeah. Um, it came out that SolarWinds had suffered uh, a, a breach, a significant breach, and where they had wormed themselves into the source code of their product. And those, for those of you who don't know, uh, Orion, Orion, Software, Orion platform, yeah. Orion, Orion platform, SolarWinds uh, makes a um, network monitoring, a network monitoring infrastructure monitoring system, right? That yep. is used by just about everyone. Everybody. It's actually at the time it happened, it was used by over three hundred thousand companies. Three, there's a reason we know that. <laughs> and the the bad guys, which you know Microsoft asserts was the Russian SVR, had gotten in there and put in a backdoor. Yeah. A way to get into their system. If it was exposed to the internet, they could find it and get in. Yeah. And Russian SVR is the Russian intelligence service. It would be the equivalent of the CIA. Uh, that's been confirmed because here, as we said in 2023, there's been lots of time. And as with time, more details come out, especially as people leave their positions of influence and prominent are no right. longer accountable. Right. The more information <laughs> that comes out, like the departure of the CEO, the departure of the CSO, right? All this stuff. And now with the uh, SEC filing and the clear mm. uh, court case that's going to come out of it and the big deal here will be the precedence that this yeah. sets and it, what happens it, comes it, out of it. For those who haven't seen it in the news, what he means by SEC filing is not your standard SEC filing paperwork or even an AK or 8K or something like that. What he's talking about is the SEC is essentially charging um, not only solar winds, but this chief information security officer, Timothy Brown, uh, with essentially lying. Right. And committing fraud. I think the article that I read actually called it committing fraud. Uh, and they're alleging essentially that they stated everything was fine, both on their website and in other places and in in to shareholders and investors when they had full knowledge things were not fine. And that resulted in the breach by the SVR inserting uh, a malicious backdoor that then led to the compromise. I think the number we said was 141 were were attacked and yeah. 14 were willing to admit that they had been fully compromised. Yeah, but out of the 300,000 customers, 18,000 had downloaded it. But all, out of that, um, apparently only 141 were compromised. Some number above that uh, deployed it as well. And what's interesting about the the actually the actual attack and the, the product, if you will, that they put out was that it sat dormant for 14 calendar days before mm. it phoned home to the CNC box. And 
that was enough time for something to sit in development to then get pushed to prod and nobody noticed. Well, and the other thing too, if, if you weren't aware of uh, the attack, like this happened in December of 2020. So you had Christmas, you had the New Year's, New you, Year's had you had election, the elections. Right. So nobody heard. And it's the biggest deal, the biggest hack of this magnitude uh, of its kind because SolarWinds not only was in 300,000 customers, but they were in 425 of the Fortune 500. They were in every single branch of the U.S. military, and they were in every major three-letter version of the agency. <laughs> you know, the DIA, you know, everybody, the FBI, everybody had solar winds deployed. What's really interesting is that the, the Russians before, when they were angry at Ukraine a while back, right? Now, yeah. I'm, I'm throwing an opinion on their, their emotional state. <laughs> um, but when the Russians were angry prior to the Ukrainian war, when they were angry at them, they did something called NotPetya, and there was a Ukrainian software company that did accounting software, bookkeeping software, I don't remember exactly what, and they did the exact same thing. They downloaded um, ransomware into the back end of that software, and so that when it finally deployed and did its automatic update to its customers, it got deployed, laid dormant, and eventually activated. And it was one of the things that ended up taking, I think it was Maersk Shipping, one of the oh, largest yeah. shipping lines in the world, yeah, like I it might that. be the largest. And they were down hard. They couldn't move anything out of their ports for, for days. Uh, millions of dollars of loss. But they, I, I bring it up because this is a tactic that the Russians, you know, I will call piloted with NotPetya. Yeah. And I would say perfected with Orion in 2020. Well, it's the biggest, scariest kind of attack. It's a supply chain attack. They got to the raw materials. They injected bad code into the raw materials that were then injected into every environment post-product on Orion. And that's the significant thing, is when you do that, you're able to compromise so many things because it's not just the raw materials, if you will, but also the manufacturer. Then you can also get the distributor. Then you also get the retail yeah. places. Like, the, it's, it's, a, it's a textbook Nightmare version. scenario. Yeah, everything that you could think of a bad is there. You know, years ago, and I, and I can't get too specific about this, but years ago, I was involved with an acquired company that had been so badly compromised that they were making changes to the software and pushing them to production without the, without the notice of the IT people in that organization. And now, thankfully, they were just in it for fraud and not in it for taking control and, and other things. Yeah. Uh, but they could have really done some damage. But getting that into... You know, it's it's the old thing where you, I don't necessarily have to defeat your castle, right? I just have to get in yeah. somehow. Yeah. And if I look like the milkman, then I must be the milkman. Or if I go inside the milkman's truck, I'm in good shape. Which is funny. What SolarWinds tried to do, and again, this is more tangential than anything else, they tried to blame it on an intern who had a password of SolarWinds123. Oh. And it's like, the intern was only there a short period, pal. And you know they didn't have... The level of access they should have or if they did you were stupid on a bun anyway right for doing that and that goes back to to brown so the the, the litigation yeah. yeah is solar winds and brown versus the federal government essentially is what it is and it's a big deal because it does name brown well let's let's talk about that yeah and i think that's where you're headed chief information security officer 
Yeah. Now, it's interesting. Chief Information Security Officer. Stands for career is ser- seriously <laughs> over. over. That's what it stands for. The, 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 and I can't stand the people who say CISO. No aren't, offense. Aren't you a CISO? Aren't you? I'm a CSO. So oh, much oh, better. Oh, okay, okay. I got you. Okay. <laughs> career is seriously over. Yeah, we get rid of yeah. verbs. <laughs> um, it, you know, but that CISO position is an interesting one because in my recollection, it was one of those first boutique C-letter, C-letter titles that came out. CMO and, and yeah, chief yeah. data officer and yeah. all those things sort of came after. You had a CIO before that, but CISO was, was one the of the first one. one was yeah. the next one that came out. And it was really interesting. They were giving it that because the in the risk in the risk equation, that's what I was thinking of, the risk equation, probability and likelihood of the impact, right? The pro, or I'm sorry, the probability and the impact equals risk. And the impact of the loss, people, you know, organizations were seeing that we got to put a, put somebody in charge of this, right? Yeah. And it's important enough to get a C-level. They're going to have to have significant influence on the organization to do it. What I think, and I'm, I have no knowledge of this whatsoever, is that our friend, Mr. Brown, was when one of those organizations that was resource tight, legacy Clearly. debt prolific. Promoted from within because that's cheaper. Yeah, promoted <laughs> from within, right? And the whole bit, and right. found himself at odds. I mean, some of the things in the, and I read the filing, some of the things in the filing basically say, you know, on the website you said everything was great. To your investors, you said we've got great security. All the while, you were communicating amongst yourselves at how bad it was yeah. and how, how damaging it would be, how much impact there would be. Well, and the other thing that you could take a lesson from this is a lesson in defensive writing. So if you read that 68-page uh, document that's on the, on the SEC.gov website, and we'll share that link, by the way, uh, in the comments of the podcast, that 68-page document, um, it's very clear that through discovery – the direct quotes of network team member A, network team member B, right? right? Where they had direct quotes that this is a cluster, right? This is a cluster fund. Yeah. Sorry, I'll this, say it for you because that's what it was. Yeah, well, and, how and, many and times this is breach material. You, kind of how thing. many times have you said that in your career? Like, this is awful. You can say that. Just don't write it. Because here's the other thing. Once I, you write it. I disagree it, with you. Okay. Uh, I, I, so, so if you work for Jim, say I think this might be a breach, and send him an email I, on you know, Monday. Yeah, right, Jim. We're seriously. <laughs> yeah. I I disagree. You know, don't be bombastic. And yes, there's there is a little bit of care that has to be taken that you speak truth. But our job is like the Lorax. I speak for the trees. Sure. I speak for the risk. Sure. You have to, as a chief information security officer, to be able to go to your executives, to your board of directors, and say. This is fucked. You just said it, though. You say that to them first. Now, mm. you say it to them first. If they yes. don't listen, then you write it you down. You write it down, and yeah. then you hope your successor hands it well. Exactly, because all you can do with that thing in writing, you're still going to get fired. Well, yeah. All you can do is say, see, <laughs> see, look, I have been writing. Both you result in the same end, you're well, going to get fired. Yeah, well, there's a little, you know, it's the Darth Vader thing, right? Yeah. Like, Lord Vader, we didn't find Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, look, he's Apolo- him up. Apology accepted, Captain <laughs> Nita. Yeah. Darth Vader's so kind, he's lifting him up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's not what's happening. Um, that was a direct quote, by the way. Uh, no, you, I know. Okay, it. all right. You know, I'm with you, brother. Um, 
the thing the thing that really is there for us is when you take that title of chief information security officer and i've met enough people in my career that have longed to that title and achieved that title there is a cost that comes with it absolutely and it is you must be solid in your personal values and how important it is for you to stay in that job absolutely because there is significant amount of risk at being the guy holding that bag of turds yes right and if you're not doing it perfectly you could be holding it and you have to be ready at a moment's notice to go, this is too much. Yeah. It hurts my values too much. There's too much risk to me and my family. I'm gone. Yeah. Here's my resignation letter. And you, by God, you put in your resignation letter, this organization is carrying too much risk, is not being honest with its investors. I hereby resign. Love, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to be uh, And by the way, I talk, I talk a big game there. There have been times in my career where I'm like, I can't quit, and oh my God. Well, sure, right, right, right. Well, I mean, it comes with a great package, right? Um, the thing is, is, is much like the CIO role was back in the 90s when it first came out, it was a token role for the technology person. Yeah, get Fin- the nerd some exactly. money so he doesn't Finally, quit. Finally, the nerds learned how to talk business, and now they're real full-fledged business people. The CISOs, please don't hurt me, fellow CISOs and Jim across the table from me. <laughs> But there's still a lot of nerds who don't know how to talk to the business yet who carry the CISO title. And they'll go into a board meeting and quote Star Wars. Y- yes. You Captain don't Nita. Do yeah. yeah Captain- <laughs> hey, listen. There's a reason why all my friends are CISOs and I am not. <laughs> I am a great supporter of CISOs. I'm a great lieutenant and uh, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. And I'll never go to jail. By the yeah, way. that is true. I will not have to stand up and swear in front of a senator, right? No, I will not. My stuff might be subpoenaed, but it'll never be used against me. It might be used against you. <laughs> you. But again, goes back to defensive writing. Be careful what you write down and I be want deliberate. you to change that defensive. Well, yeah, defensive writing. And then there is... You and I were talking about that before we started podcasting when I said, you know, there are ways to handle how you say something. Right. We are taught, like I went through deposition training many years ago and years of dealing with auditors at bank. I learned how to answer questions that would keep them from going after more information. So it's all in how you say something and you should say it before you write it down especially if you're talking to your C-level people and your auditors and others. Because right. once you write it down, it is discoverable, and it will come back three years later when the SEC has a filing you know, that, no, it, that puts you on the... Because all of Mr. Brown's emails are, are for the world are laid to see. Bare, right? And if you send him an email... So are yours. And it, as you know, investigations lead other investigations. And once you pull on that thread, the whole freaking sweater comes with right. it. Right. You know, interestingly enough, I've been in companies in, the, in, in positions in previous where the legal department would say, don't write the risks down. And I understand that. Jim, you write that risk down as discoverable. Yeah, it is. That's a red flag, by the way. It, it is a little bit of a red flag. Like, I get what flag. you're saying. But we need to be able to handle risk. And if you're not willing to meaningfully tackle risk, what I said earlier, maybe it's time for you to go. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, I've, I've worked for different organizations that have been like that. And and at least my current organization says, write down everything. Like, put that in writing. Yeah. So that's a good sign. It really is because it's about transparency and, and accuracy and people wanting to, to do the right thing. But the minute somebody says, don't put that in writing, Dear leader, 
Dear leader. Throw the red flag. Not the, not the yellow flag, the red flag. And, you, and that's, you know, and there's, there's steps you can take. Go have a conversation with your general counsel. Go talk to your CEO. If you have, if you're part of a public company, go have the conversation with your audit committee chair talk. and, and no say. Email. No email, talk. No I, yeah, email, no, talk. Go talk <laughs> and go have that conversation. And, and you can say these words. I'm uncomfortable with how we deal with risk here. Yeah. Okay, you know, Joe, tell me how why you feel that way. Yeah. Well, I'm not allowed to say this, or uh, we're we're saying X and we are Y, right? And here's the thing: there's been a lot made of the independent board report for this for the CISO. I know the SEC has rules on it. NYDFS is making that that are regulation. I think the even the FTC is considering it. Um, something that's very important around that is that is actually a tool for you to help protect the company. And here's the thing, and I get back to that values. Your job is to protect the company. And like a good soldier, it might cost you your life. It might cost you, you your and job. And you need to be ready for that. And you season. need to be ready for it. And if you're not, you don't want that job. Get Just, back into technology. Be the CIO. <laughs> that's right. Don't be the lieutenant to the CSO. <laughs> don't don't take the promotion. Hey, boss. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You wearing your bulletproof underwear? <laughs> well, and the aftermath to this too, because uh, there's lots of, of you out there longing to be a CISO, uh, wanting to move up. Just realize that at some point, that level of responsibility is going to potentially you got to be willing to sacrifice your job. Yeah. For that thing. Hey, and hey, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just—I was thinking as you were saying that, I've met Timothy Brown. I yeah. had, had a couple of conversations with him. We're not friends. I doubt he remembers who I am. He's a good guy. Yeah. He wanted to do all the right things. His his intentions were good. His heart was good. And I'm not, and I'm not pre-convicting him before you know due process and all that stuff. There is a fairly damning level of evidence. He wasn't evil. No. He was just. Influenced by the forces and of the that's organization. The word, influence, right? And here's the thing. He felt that, constrained. That board or that leadership circle saw in him someone who could be influenced to do the things that they need him yeah. to do. And, to and part of it off was by not making him CISO. They didn't make him chief information security officer until after the hack. Yeah. He was the head of technology and security or something like that. Yeah. And and they didn't make him a chief level mm. with the reporting requirements everything else until after yeah well so it was a recipe for disaster <laughs> considering that that it was that they the svg svt sat for two years on their network svr svr so svt is a uh, russian rifle sorry yeah that's two. right sorry yeah the svr sat for two years imagine if somebody could sit and watch what you do for two years that was a crafted well-modified 4,000 lines of code that got injected, and it was tailor-made. Yep. I mean, and it's okay. Bad guys will, you know, we say this in, in security all the time. It's not if and it's when. It's not if, it's when. Bad guys will get you, right? I've been True. mugged twice, and I'm pretty hyper-vigilant. Yeah. Although I might have been hammered that one time. Um, but the mugger didn't live in your house for two years before he no, mugged you. No, I didn't go, That's oh, different. God, how long have you been Exactly. Here? <laughs> like, like, for you to not notice... Like, especially, see, like, like there has to be a lot of things not working for you to not notice yeah. for two years. Yeah. And, and it's a nightmare scenario. I, I have significant empathy and sympathy for, for Timothy. 
Brown. Yeah. Um, here's here's another thing that I'm going to throw I'm, out there. I, I'm mixed on it because he knew what he was signing up for when he took right. the job. In, in a different world, I bet you he looks back a little bit. I won't bet it, but maybe he looks back and says, I should have given him the finger and walked off. I should have written my note and said, you need to fix this or I'm leaving. And when they said, oh, we can't affect our numbers that much, he should have walked away. Yeah. Um, okay, for those of you who are chief, chief information security officers or similar, you need to make sure that in your company's cyber policy, you are covered by their E&O policy, errors and emissions. That is the thing that when you get sued, the company pays for your legal defense. I hope you're all listening very much because this is gold. This is gold on a bun is what this is. Yes. <laughs> very important. Go have a talk with your general counsel. And if they say, no, you're not, you should insist and say, this is the this is a reasonable thing to expect in a, in a for-profit organization that is at risk. And say, you know, and don't play the or else game. Just say, I believe this is a reasonable thing to request. It's a due standard of care for people in my position. You do it for the general counsel. You do it for the CFO. You should do it for me. Now, and those, if they don't, red flag. Yeah, another red flag. Red and again, flag. against your values, right, and against your level of risk that you're willing to take. Timothy Brown, at one point, might, let's pretend this, it's war game, this. Timothy Brown has a wife and kids. You know, wife stay at home mom. Kids are young, right? He's trying to save up for college or, yeah, yeah. or braces. Got a big, right. big pay raise. Got a big. Well, there's a lot of risk for him to lose yeah. that job. Yeah. Right. I can't, I can't be unemployed for a while. And he's looking at this company that's going. Eh, we don't have enough money to fix that. Getting this secure development life cycle set up for you is going to not this year. Maybe next year. And you know. Which is maybe, what they said. <laughs> but, but you know, but maybe next year really means two years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's that risk equation, and it's also your value set. When you hear a company doing it. Don't accept it. Yeah. Argue and then start looking at your personal options. I would rather have a lower paying job than have to go raise my right hand in front of SEC investigators. Sure. Yeah, better to have a, a good paying job longer than a great paying job for shorter. Yeah. yeah. That ends in jail time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, and <laughs> again, this is precedent setting. Like it is. This is the real deal. I disagree. What? I do. I think it's it's precedent setting in so far as that it's this role, Chief Information Security Officer. Those of you who might have seen this LinkedIn post I put, they would do this if it was a CFO. If a CFO had been hiding the financial conditions of an organization from its investors and from its customers, and then it suddenly flamed out or, you know, whatever, the SEC would come after him with a hammer and a sickle. That's true. And they would hold him accountable and the organization accountable. That's true. I think this is... What I really like about this SEC filing is that isn't a, it is an accountability for the financial health of the organization, regardless of what affects it, if that makes sense. So if it's malfeasance on the part of the CFO, on the part of the, the CSO, or okay, whatever. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Right okay. There. And it was so, and I got to say, it was pretty egregious based on what we're reading. Yeah, clearly. It's pretty egregious. Yeah. You know, I read in, in an article. It's actually, I think it was in the uh, filing itself. It said that all the conditions that they discovered would have resulted in something bad for the company and for Timothy Brown without the hack. That's true. And with the hack, well, that just turned on the spotlight. Yeah. 
Yeah, because they had to lie on a lot of levels. Yeah. (laughs) Well, dear leader, this is a moment to sit back and learn at someone else's expense. Yep. Take Take the time. Take the time to read the SEC filing. It's it's 68 pages, but it's amazing. The first several uh, pages are all about the security. They read like a Grisham novel. Yeah. I mean, and that's the other thing is it's not convoluted with uh, with with words, with, with legal words or anything no. else. It's straightforward. I mean, it literally says on the website, you said you had industry, you know, best practices, security, and that you had a secure development lifecycle. They actually on their website said, we have a secure development lifecycle all our code is developed in. And they pulled out multiple emails and said, Huh, we don't have an SDLC. <laughs> we should get that set up. We just lied. Which which is funny because I personally in my career have read emails like that sent internally about very similar things. Yeah. I mean, this could have been anybody. Now, the nation state that, that chose to attack solar winds was very, very selective about what they did and how they did it. They couldn't attack everybody. They only attacked a, a 151 uh, yeah, 141. 141, yeah. And and only owned 14. Now, the ones they owned, one of them was Mandian, yeah. right? So you think of the, the types of, of golden uh, golden apples, golden goose eggs that they went after, and they targeted them well. This is something to learn from. This is something to look at. And with the data that you've got here and the nugget that Jim dropped on you about what you need you to do. You make that sound gross. Yeah. <laughs> It's something that you need to do, dear security leader, for your future and consider before you take the big chair. And the last thing I'll say is your value sets, right? When you take a job, write down what's important to you and and know the lines, not lines, but the areas, right? Like we talk a lot about security, about risk threshold, right? Where's your threshold? What's your personal value threshold? And when it starts to bump up against that and your moral compass starts to go tweaky sideways, you need to look hard. Go find your mentor. Go find your friend. Have that conversation. Ditto. And if you need help to sort out the crazy, give call us a call. Us. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that being said, I hope you don't get hacked. Should I give my number? No. 8675-309. Ask for Jenny. Yeah. Which is a quick, funny story before we end. So You keep trying to end, and I keep propelling it further. As I got to know Mr. James Desmond, uh, one of two things that, that made endeared me to him outside of being a mule that was carrying uh, hard drives for him <laughs> across the country for an investigation. The first was he laughed so hard at Gordon Biersch in San Jose at Robot Chicken oh, Star God, Wars. Was so he was good. crying and bent over. And I looked at the, my fellow IT person because, you know, back then IT and security hated each other. Uh, and I said, I said, I actually like that guy. That's pretty funny. <laughs> and then also when Jim sent, I don't know why he sent it, but he sent a note to the company we were working for at the time on the proper use of email signatures. Oh, God. And I remember in it, that. he put his phone number is 8675309. And I caught it. And I we had the best laugh about it. And from there, we've been laughing ever since. Absolutely. And with that. I'm Randy Fields. I'm Jim Desmond. And you guys keep keep leading. leading.